grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are currently in the long season after Pentecost and in the book of Matthew, where we focus on stories of Jesus' life in an effort to better understand our own lives and to learn more about the story of the church throughout history. The beauty of having a set scheduled of scripture readings, a lectionary, is that it leads us not only to the happy and beloved portions of scripture, but it also sets before us the stories that are unpleasant, or at the very least, harder to understand. My preaching professor was known for telling students, read the lessons for Sunday, and then keep your eyes open all week. Most of the time, your sermon will come and find you. I love that. So a few days ago, I came home to find a door hanger that had been left by our friends from another church who tend to like to come knocking on the door. And it said, don't give up. My immediate reaction was good timing because ready to give up seems to be a widespread thought bubble in our world today. If you are feeling like you're at the end of your rope, ready to give up, or are wondering, where is God in all this? Then I want you to hear that God loves you, God is with you, and God wants the best for you. And we're going to talk about that right now. One of my new adventures in this pandemic is recording accompaniment tracks on the organ for our choir members and staff singers to use at home. Two weeks ago, I set out to record a hymn with four verses. I found that the first take is often the best, so I focused my mind, began to play, and made it to the last line of the last verse when I hit a wrong pedal note. Now, I'd like to think that only a few musicians might take notice, but it was a bad one. So I stopped and then began take two. By take seven, my frustration and fatigue lowered my need for perfection, and I eventually used that one. But wouldn't it have been easier if I could have gone in with some audio tweezers and pulled that bad note out of the bunch. I really wanted to. It was nestled in with beautiful music all around it, but trying to edit it out might have ruined the whole song. Here we are in the middle of a very difficult time in history, and my question is, why doesn't God do anything about it? Again and again in my life, I observe pain in the world and ask myself, why doesn't God step in and stop it? If God is sovereign, then God has the power to eliminate the evil in the world around us, to stop brutal oppression, injustice, disease, famine, earthquakes, and epidemics. That sounds like what I'm looking for, but if God did suddenly root out the evil, would that have to include the evil in me? Could I just 
pick and choose what I want God to do. Maybe I get to edit what evil things strewn amongst the good are bad enough to edit out because they are not just in the world around me. They are also inside me. Suddenly, the prospects of a perfect world with perfect justice don't seem so bright because they might not include all of me. In the stories of Matthew, we're watching and waiting. The farmer grows frustrated as weeds compete with his wheat. The birds wait for the tiny mustard seed to grow into a sheltering shrub. The woman making bread has to wait for the yeast to grow and rise the loaf. In the parable we heard a moment ago, Jesus talks about the wheat and the tares, the weeds. Most farmers remove the weeds a couple of times during the growing season, but Jesus tells us the story of a man who instructs his workers to strangely leave the weeds to grow amongst the wheat. This is God at work in the fields where we, like the disciples, are tempted to have God eliminate evil right now, but that is not the timing of the kingdom of God. Darnel, or false wheat, is a poisonous weed that grows right alongside the good wheat. It has roots that intertwine with the wheat, and pulling it out means losing a little bit of the true crop. And after so many millennia, growing in the fields together, they look a lot like each other. It starts to become difficult to tell which is which, to pull one without pulling the other. So am I wheat or am I weed? Am I good or am I evil? Jesus loves to teach in parables and leaves his crowds shaking their heads. But in today's reading, he takes us aside and tells us what the parable means. It's the teacher's edition of the Bible with the answers in the back. Jesus is the sower. The wheat belongs to him, and the weeds belong to the devil. Last November, I bought a house near South Coast Plaza, and I'm still getting bids for landscaping. In the meantime, I have grown an excellent crop of dandelions and other apparently evil plants. If I was more responsible, I'd be out there on Saturdays pulling all that unwanted vegetation, but usually I just look at it from inside with a cup of coffee and hope that someone else will take care of it. A few days ago, I wandered through the weeds thinking about landscaping plans and noticed a few plants with small and beautiful orange flowers and another with intensely purple flowers. I also came across a couple of young bean plants and the biggest plant of all has dozens of flowers like daisies at the top. It really can be hard to know what is good and what is bad. Now, if I said out loud the names of several politicians, I know that everyone hearing this message could tell me right away who is good 
and who is evil. If I said the names of people we actually know, or even love, who are challenged by the same pitfalls that trap us, it becomes much more difficult. And all of us are trapped together in this world with its blessings and its perils. So, why doesn't God do something? Well, my answer is, God did. The life and resurrection of Jesus Christ is testament to the fact that God does care for you and is active in this world in astounding ways. Jesus cared deeply for those he encountered. He provided healing and compassion. He battled evil and he gave his life to save you and to cure the evil inside all of us. He didn't come and disappear all evil in a flash, but he did conquer it. And like God, his teachings and the work of the Holy Spirit move among all of us to change our hearts and help us grow in love toward one another. And finally, God has provided this tremendous parish of St. Wilfred's to gather for worship, to gather in support of one another, to gather together in support of those who are hurting, and to gather in hope that we will make it through this time together. If you didn't really need your church before, you sure need it now. Rise up, O church, out of feeling the sadness and grief of our age and come before Jesus to ask what you can do for others and what you can do for your own church. God absolutely wants the best for you. Claim that love for yourself and grow strong as wheat that God cherishes and calls his very own. You are loved. Amen.